0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to This Is Leadership, a podcast dedicated to bringing you insightful conversations with leaders that inspire us to be better and to go further. I'm your host, Joel McLean, and I am very excited to have you here with us today. Now, let's get to today's episode and get our leadership on. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of This Is Leadership, your intersection between growth and leadership. I've got a really, really special episode today. It's my very first international guest. And, you know, I'm so happy that Jonathan reached out to me. And so, listen, before we get started, I'm going to tell everybody that's listening or watching on YouTube uh, a little bit about Jonathan. So, Jonathan uh, has been in education, uh, you know, for 23 years. uh, And he is also known as, you know, Jonathan the Edunaut uh, Nalder. Uh, and he's on the actually the leading edge of learning how digital tools and a focus on our humanity can boost the success of students everywhere. I think that's super interesting. He has also learned by working with luminaries such as Dr. Ruben Dura, which we all know from the SAMR model, of course, Dr. Larry Johnson, and also Professor Stephen Heppel, hopefully I, I pronounced that correctly, Um, which is from the Future we community, of course, and his current role as Chief Futures Officer at StemPunks. We're going to be talking about that. I love the name, Mm StemPunks, and how (laughs) tools alone are not enough, but must be combined with futures thinking to truly transform lives. So to this end, Jonathan is writing the first book in a series for fellow edgenauts to be titled Design Thinking 5.0, and we will be getting into that one as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. Jonathan is a globally awarded innovator, Mars Society Ambassador, ISTE Online Presenter, and Co Spaces and Merge Edu Ambassador. Woo, Jonathan, welcome <laughs> to the podcast.
1: I'm kind of regretting how <laughs> everything I put into the, the uh, bio is saying you now because I have to sit here that, that whole time. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, definitely, I definitely have that wide range of interest. And I bet, I mean, I, from talking to you, I know you do as well. I bet a lot of the listeners do as well. If you're an edunaut, we want to start with that, like an adventurous educator, yeah, yeah. Um, who wants to explore? Um, uh, yeah, I bet, I bet a bunch of listeners have that kind of bio as well.
0: Hmm. Absolutely, often, you know, like when, when we think about the people that are that will connect and listen to the podcast, uh, yeah. of course, you know, the first, uh, the first objective is to add value to as many people as we can in different ways, right? So, if you're writing a book, then it could be through the book and you can have an yeah. influence, you know, on yeah. people all over the place, but the podcast is also another great way to reach those edunauts if you want that are out there, you know, that have that drive. And, mm-hmm. you know, and if the, these pod, these episodes can help just to fuel, you know, what they're doing out there and that passion that they have and, you know, to give them the courage to be able to want to take, to to, to want to take risk and just jump in and just try different things. Yeah. I think this is great, but the whole mm-hmm. concept of edunauts, how, how did you come up with that, Jonathan? I think it's really uh, interesting. There's got to be a link of course, with, being an astronaut right there's gotta be something uh, there.
1: yeah so i mean i've always been a big um you know science fiction fan okay. uh etc um and had an interest in aerospace from yeah when i back when i was a kid you know when they ask you what do you want to be i always said a pilot and a writer okay um, i got to do uh commercial pilot's license right out of high school Okay, um, and so I've always had that ongoing, fascinating yeah, with aerospace and then you know space, um, and it's kind of that you know it's that ultimate frontier, I guess, like a really yeah, test, test of human uh, innovation and ingenuity, etc. Um, for me, there's so much inspiration that you can get um, mm. from the, the concept of of space and space exploration and everything that goes into it um there's a, a ma- it's just a massive amount that you can then bring back to education but
0: <laughs> oh um, I agree I, I agree you know I've I, I'm mm. a Star Trek fan myself so and <laughs> Star uh, yeah, yeah. Star Trek. <laughs> and I've always but I've always been the one like when I, even when I was young I remember I've always remembered you know looking up and, and I still do it to this day as as a 50 mm. year old adult you know I always look up into the sky and I wonder you know I imagine things like, I wonder if, if we'd be able to travel like they do, you know, on, on the Star Trek and the Star Wars episodes. And, you know, just, just that, uh, just the, uh, the possibility of what you can discover and learn to me, I'd be like, I'd be on that ship right away and take me, (laughs) you know, to discover it. And I'll, and I'll ask my wife, I'll say, I'll I'll ask Bridget, I'll say, you know, would you come? And she's like, no way I'm going to stay right here, but I can, I, I can see what you mean. That whole concept of, you know, infinite possibilities mm. yeah reaching yeah. out always striving to evolve and to be a better version of ourselves today than we were yeah. yesterday uh, yeah and that, that, a lot, that yeah
1: that's sort of what if you know like um until until such a time as you know a lot of people have been out there and done it all um we we can imagine and we got you know those kind of possibilities so um, we might talk about this in, in a little bit yeah but a bunch of the the sort of workshops and stuff that i do um, some of the work with the Mars Society ambassadors is all around that idea yeah. of taking those those specially Mars based type scenarios and uh, using it as a big what if with uh, students and and teachers. um and yeah, it's just exciting. So yeah, astronauts partly comes out of that mindset like that person you know obviously education and and astronauts you 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 got that connection. it's pretty obvious <laughs> um, and uh. Yeah. And then it's just a nice, playful kind of label concept. But it really, yeah, comes down to that idea of adventurous uh, educators. And at the moment, I'm just sort of playing around with it. It's a cool, nick- cool nickname that I've adopted. <laughs> um, but I'd love to build a, you know, in the future, build a community out of it of, yeah, other.
0: Absolutely. I, I love it. You know, Space. I can see hashtags and t-shirts, edunauts, hats, <laughs> yeah. edunauts, and it's, it's very yeah. catchy, but just the concept behind it and what it represents, I think that's what, you know, can reach out and, and, and mean, you know, have meaningful impact hmm. on people, you yeah. know, to be able to and, be part of a community that represents that. Yeah.
1: And it's almost a word that maybe taps into a little bit of um what, like what we've got going on um and like, I think you're probably a bit a bit similar in terms of connecting with other educators who are also you know interested in this new thing and trying this and um and you know we'll probably get on to talk about the codebreaker and X Factor and Mammoth uh, community soon of Absolutely. other like writers and authors uh you know who are in education it's that same kind of you know those adventurous people um and we're yeah I mean we're always seeking them out and. Inviting them onto podcasts, um, and finding, you know, finding excuses and reasons to, to <laughs> connect. That's uh, what we I love it. about it's what we love about conferences, you know, going to big conferences because of those encounters that you can actually find those find your tribe, I guess, and and all that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah.
0: But, but even well, even further than that, what I find with the communities that we're surrounded with, you know, you talked about Cold Uh, X Factor Mm -hmm. and Mammoth Learning that's over at, in your end, uh, over in in Australia, you're in Brisbane, right? Brisbane, uh, Queensland, Australia, that's where Uh you are presently. So, yeah. So we've got people connecting all over the world and, and, you know, you talked about going to conferences and being inspired. What I like about the community that we're in uh, is that, you know, it just, it just doesn't stop at The conference. It often will participate in in events like Mm. that and we'll be pumped up and we'll have a lot of energy and and we'll have a whole bunch of plans. But then when we get back to our regular programming, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? The day in and day out, then we forget about it. But uh, you know, I'm finding a lot of people and making a lot of connections with people that are just, you know, the the, the action part is there as well. So not only Mm. do they go Mm -hmm. and resource themselves, but they actually take the steps and, and get into action and actually make things happen. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Yeah. And I'm not sure. I haven't checked with you yet. If you're on Twitter. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So if you want, I'd love to connect with, with people there. I'm just at J N X Y Z. That's me. Um, You know, there's a bunch of social networks that you can probably find us all on, but Twitter's as far as Twitter goes um, and educators like education, et cetera. That's probably mm-hmm. my favorite. Yeah. My favorite in terms of connecting yeah. with other other educators, despite everything else that might be happening around that particular platform um, you know, um, whatever, but in terms of educators, I find that still a really, really strong. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think there's still a lot of us educators that are, that are in that community and it's still going strong. You know, there's a lot of beautiful sharing that's going on connections. So yeah, absolutely. And, uh, Jonathan, we're going to link all that up, uh, in our website, of course, there's going to be some show notes following this episode. And for those of you listening, yeah. And watching on YouTube, you know what you got to do? You got to head on down to inspireleadership.ca. In the podcast section, we will have a page for Jonathan with his uh, contact information. We'll get his Twitter handle, his email, and uh, those will be different ways you can get a hold of him. But so, Jonathan, I'd like to get into um, STEM punks. Yeah. Oh, I like that. You know, can you tell us a, you know, a little <laughs> bit, what is it, what, what's going on with STEM punks and what is it that yeah. you do as well, the Chief Futures Officer? Yeah, well,
1: it's been great for me. I found I started working with STEM punks uh, here about three and a half weeks, uh, three and a half years ago uh, okay. here in Australia. Um, and it was kind of like finding a little home for myself. Uh, Being in education, as you said, for 23 years, uh, high school, primary schools, um, higher education, um, and then uh, worked on my own a little bit. We might talk about the future we project and community. Um, but you know, it's tough to you, you might know this is Like it's tough to do the consulting and uh, you know, run a business yourself. Absolutely. So finding STEM, finding stem punks, I mean, they're actually really um not far from where I live as well. Their team, our our HQ, um, and very similar philosophy, uh, etc. So, I mean, you can probably get a little bit like so STEM, obviously, you know, yeah. we're, we're, obviously that's a big part of uh, what we do and here in Australia but we also uh, stem punks also we, I mean we have team in uh, Latin America at the moment and wow. team in the US done projects in uh, the Middle East and the UK as well as Vietnam like we're really trying to bring um yeah sort of I guess high quality stem education globally um, but Australia has been our little proving ground um, yeah. you might say um so yeah so definitely your classic stem and meeting that need for schools and teachers that know it's uh, necessary but um, you know lack that expertise. On so campus. What,
0: so, what does those uh, services look like? Is it like uh, you know, you guys uh, offer some resources online, or is it more you know, we can get you into the school and get you actually working with you know our grade five class or our high school class?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a bit, it's a bit of everything, and um, you know, it's still awesome. You know, almost every week, I'm in in a school somewhere working, yeah, face to face with with classes of, of students. Um, but you know, we'll also beam in a little bit like this, but into, you know, into a classroom um, and we've done, it to, you know, where you can have two or 300 kids across the school um, who get to see you on the screen and, um, and do things that way. Uh, but we also have those online class versions where, okay. um, you know, that's not possible. You can just jump on and, you know, sort of learn on demand. Um, so, yeah, but when you come to the punk part of the name, you might start thinking, well, okay, well, maybe it's not just just straight down the line sort of STEM. And look, I'll be honest, I have an arts background originally, actually. Okay. Um, and so the idea of science and, you know, maths, et cetera, is not my native area. Um, but I guess I came around to loving STEM, firstly, and, you know, anyone in education understands about silos and especially in, um, you know, high schools where everyone has their, their subject area mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not let's be honest there's not often a lot of collaboration uh, although that's changing in a lot in a lot of places but stem is like suddenly it's actually okay to have four yeah. subjects who absolutely. are absolutely collaborating and connecting so absolutely. that idea of cross like cross curricular collaboration um really really sold me and it wouldn't matter of what but it was science technology engineering math could be whatever subject that's working together that's for me that's awesome uh, and then the fact that STEM is generally project based, you know, you're problem based. You're so you know you're looking at real world problems to solve. Um, so those two things I mean, like no matter what my background and how well I did at or didn't do at school in some of those subjects, like that is a really those are really important values to be um, to be supporting in education. So and then when you bring in the sort of the punk, you know, STEM punks very much has a has a little bit of attitude. It's questioning. Uh, it's trying to get students thinking differently. Um, and, yeah, so a lot of the scenarios that we'll throw at students is an attempt to, yeah, I mean, we'll teach you some some STEM skills uh, along the way, but here's some real-world problems that we want you to get your your teeth stuck into. And so we use design thinking. Um, so it's really a combination of STEM and design and design thinking uh, together. Um, and it's great because uh, that, you know, what we really found is that approach, engages pretty much your whole group of students absolutely. um you know there's always going to be some students who will yep, they'll absolutely love um you know that maybe the more hardcore maths or science you know science elements that, that are in there um but you know that might be 10-15 percent of the students in any given class um, but broadening it out with design and looking at you know um the sort of real human problems suddenly everyone's like yeah okay i can i can find a way into into um doing this so um yeah so that's yeah that's stempunks i've yeah, explained a little bit about that um you know at the moment we're doing um I'm, i'll am i talk about <laughs> some of the mars and space yeah space at once you know so one of my favorite and i've been doing this for quite a few years even before stempunks and then we've been able to um grow, grow it inside stempunks is uh just a really simple question like uh what would if kids get to Mars, you know, at some point, um, you know, it, it's a way in the future, obviously, but after the first humans and the base is established, etc., cetera, mm-hmm. um, if kids get to Mars, what will they need to be happy and healthy there? Interesting. Um, and suddenly, you know, there's room for a lot of solutions within that. Now, you still have to learn, um, okay, well, yep, the gravity is only one third and there's no real atmosphere, uh, there's increased radiation you still have to learn a lot of those kind of things whatever solution you come up with is going to have to take some of that into account um, but you can see it's a much more inclusive kind of uh kind of topic i guess uh, that kids can really yeah get get their design chops uh into and and going so yeah that's a bit, a bit about the fun we get to at some well, uh,
0: hmm. well i think it's great and i've always said um you know where i'm from in north Bay, Ontario, Canada. Uh, our school board is, it's not a very big school board. So we've got smaller schools and within those schools, because they're so small, we've got a lot of, you know, multi-level classrooms, right? So we'll get a yeah. classroom that has a grade one, two, three, or a double, you know, classroom. So, you know, mm-hmm. we always say when you can, when you have a, an opportunity to do that cross curriculum, uh, you know, right off the bat, it, it's a great way to see how you, you can save a lot of time as a teacher, right, is to be able to evaluate a whole bunch of different, uh, you know, uh, items pertaining to your your curriculum and mm. being able to do it within one project. So that's number one. Number two is it permits you, you know, it allows you to explore some of those passion projects with the kids as well. You know, it mm. doesn't matter if they're in grade two or if they're in grade 11, uh, it allows the student to be able to maybe explore some of the, some of the things that they're passionate about. Mm. And like mm. you said, it says STEM, you know, we we will talk about STEAM. A lot STEAM with yeah, the yeah. arts in, of course, but like you said, yeah. it's any subject, really. You know, it's any yeah. subject where I think the objective really is like you said, is to be able to develop those, those, uh, you know, those design thinking, those critical skills for our kids, because they're the ones that are going to be taking over, you know, the world from us eventually. <laughs> And like us, well, we want, when we're in school, you know, why aren't we talking about real stuff that's going on and real problems that we're facing as much, uh, you know, as much talking about the environment as, you know, what's coming down the line with electric vehicles and, Mm -hmm. you know, putting them in situations like that and actually asking them the questions because Mm -hmm. they're going to be holding some of the, some of those jobs in the future that are going to be dealing, you know, with those things. So we have to be talking about it in our classrooms. And we put a lot of emphasis on that, Jonathan, you Mm -hmm. know, we're in Northern Ontario and, you know, we're Mm -hmm. not tropical. So we, one of the examples (laughs) that that I use with, with the teachers is if we're going to talk about something in the classroom, you know, we can talk about, let's say the zoo. You know, going to the yeah. zoo and zoo animals, and, and that's great. However, in our environment here, you know, it, mm. it's it's not really a reality, right? They, going to or yeah. seeing a zoo, there's some, but they're they're far enough away. So, you know, is there anything else within our own community that we can integrate that's yes. actually going on? Yeah. And that's maybe an ongoing problem and that, that we can get kids to start talking about. So that's just current. getting that yeah. design thinking in and, yeah. uh, you know, and, and allowing the students to be able to think in, in that way and to ask questions and mm. to be critical about their thinking, I think, is this the sort of stuff that we need mm. to be doing more in schools.
1: Yeah, totally. And that's great to hear about where where you're at. And it it, it also means that you've got a like there's a value there where you value students' ideas and opinion. And that student centred, the student voice. Um, and you know, in our in our workshops, we very much like. I mean, I did some work. Um, we also do uh, sustainability and the the sustainable development goals. Yeah. Um there's a a school that I'm working here with some year nines and and tens. Um now they live in a they live about an hour away from me. Okay. Um so you know I I have a general idea of what their city is like, but um you know when it comes to um what problems need solving there, um it's much, much better if they they decide that. So I mean we had four of the goals, for instance, on this day for them to for them to look at and then choose which one of those goals probably is most important for where they live right now, and it's just fascinating because you know I could have said okay you guys are gonna do this topic yeah uh, and they they still would have you know researched it and and done well um, but it was fascinating just to sit back and see well out of the four goals you know that we had uh, which one did they choose you know. Um, and the majority chose one in particular, which was actually um, the No Poverty, the number number one, okay. or I think it is, of the Sustainable okay. Development Goals. And it's just this instant insight into what do the kids think is important? Like what's going on in their heads? What do they value? Um, yeah, you know, and that surprised me, actually. I thought that what would, probably wouldn't have been the one that I would have picked. But that's, that's what I love about, you know, having a more open-ended kind of workshop. Now, they still did the research, did their planning produced their design and showcased it Mm -hmm. Um, so they still did all that work but you know of course they're much more invested and motivated because of um yeah because we were able to build in the chance for them to to make those decisions and um yeah have have their import so yeah fascinating and and um it's you know 23 years in education like you know my first probably 10 years were not like this as a yes. teacher oh you know? yeah yeah,
0: yeah, I hear, um, yeah
1: and yeah. and i and maybe you were similar but i did a you know we did a lot of uh, i guess at my university when i did my degree there was a lot of talk around um you know student-centered learning uh etc yeah. um you know we, we were taught that but of course as soon as you get in the classroom and and you're de- dealing with everything when you're when you're new you you naturally we'll go back to a much more structured um and you know obviously behavior management you need a you need a while to get absolutely on that yeah um and it's just it's just hard and then we we won't we won't go too far into this but of course we talk about the mass education system um you know any large system is not always going to have room for um a lot of variation and variety anyway because because it's a system um so, you know, yeah, it, it took me a number of years and I had this weird thing where I started, when I sort of started doing some technology stuff, I I mean, it was, it was thrilling. I got a, one of the state education awards. Um, really? but it kind of went, it kind of made me go, you know what? I, sh- I really should actually do something with my students that, you know, I would be deserving of getting, you know, Getting that, well, I'd done some cool kind of you know, early experiments with um, some some technologies, but I didn't feel like that was actually you know yeah. Um, and I was working with um, uh, learning difficulties students, so not yeah. not students with learning disabilities, but difficulties. Okay. Um, and yeah, which largely was a, a lot of boys, to be honest, in a lower mm-hmm. lower socio economic school, um, very very structured program, and and there's you know there's. There's a lot of good reasons um, for that. I learned learned a lot about structuring programs and scaffolding, et cetera, from from that and how much support you can build in. But of course, um, you know, these students aren't going to have someone there forever. Um, They need to start developing some independent
0: that's right skills
1: um as well so that was really my challenge um and and to be honest yeah where my i guess my journey into a a lot of sort of innovation and technologies started was around that idea of these kids are going to leave me and go into high school soon where they won't have as much support um and if i just only provide them a really highly scaffolded you know sit here do this 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 yeah um, if that's all they've ever been given. They're gonna they're gonna just collapse on it without mm. you know mm-hmm. when that's sort of taken away from them later in um in their schooling. So for me, getting into especially technology was was a, a journey around well, what tools are out there to help you know to help these kids be independent. <laughs> um, and this this is really early days of things like Palm handhelds. Yes,
0: little, little <laughs> I remember the palms. Yes,
1: um, and it was fa- It was fascinating just to. Give, you know, work with the students and see how it, these little—I called them personal learning devices—because yeah. it could really give them that independence. Of, um yeah, relying, you know, as the early days, also just after that, early days of the App Store and iPod touches, you know, things like that. That's suddenly, right. they could. Suddenly, they could have. You know, even back then, um, you know, there were pro- people producing maths apps, say for fractions. You know, just with videos explaining fractions. You know. Just the poor just purely that you could those kids could sit there and rewatch it, like hit rewind, watch it again, pause it. it was amazing, wasn't it? it. So, like just just that, you know, it's yeah. the simplest I- thing now that we've had, obviously, online video for so long.
0: But I can still remember when we would take just your basic calculator, you remember, and we would write words with the numbers and turn them upside down, and you can read the words. <laughs> I seen, I seen something go by on on social media the, the other day, and it yes. actually just made me think of that. So, but it's That's a- still fun. It it is still fun, actually. You're right. So I don't think we'll ever get to I don't I don't think I'll ever get away from that. But Mm -hmm. it is a great way to differentiate. You know, we talk a lot uh, here in our board. Uh, We talk a lot about developing, you know, those executive functioning uh, function skills. Mm -hmm. uh, And Mm -hmm. because we know that that's what's going to carry them, you know, throughout life. Right. So. And I think that by providing them that scaffolding, those, uh, you know, the right way, but at the same time, developing those executive functions, uh, Mm. those skills, uh, Mm. you know, that's what's, you know, that's, what's going to allow them to be able to, you know, to pursue that next level and be able to be successful, right. With those basic, basic competencies. Yeah. And as I said,
1: yeah, it, it definitely took me quite a few years in, you know, into my career to have that. I guess enough of a a big picture to start going, Oh yep, yeah, I, I I need more of that in my teaching and then that seeing how seeing the impact that has on students, just giving them that bit more space, that, that bit of responsibility themselves. Yeah, that's yeah. a that's and, a value. And-
0: And teaching has changed a lot as well, you know, like it's, it's evolved so much since back when I started in 1997 teaching. It's unbelievable how it's, 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 it's a science now, right? It's really, we're talking about, you know, uh, the psychology, children's psychology, we're talking about executive functioning Mm. skills, you know, you got, you got to know your stuff, you know, when we're talking about developing human beings. So mm. it's not just, I'm going to take this content and just go and be the, the sage on the stage. No, we've got YouTube for that now. <laughs> so it's going to be a lot more than that. it's got to yeah. be you know we're developing yeah. not only we're not only delivering content but we're developing human beings to be successful mm. adults later on and be contributing uh, you know members of society right so yeah
1: um and i know for your i think it was your last episode um was all about chat gpt you know yeah, obviously right. this this massive extra tool um and you know sort of group of technologies now um and that idea of us being more the editor <laughs> Um, having an editorial role um, you know there's be a lot of co- content etc that's kind of made for us or we can access easily get it summarized etc um, we don't have to be writing everything ourselves necessarily but more that that editorial role so selecting and analyzing and combining you know higher order thinking so the stuff I'm quite excited about <laughs> about Absolutely. that yeah, absolutely so how I do you see that playing into the
0: schools uh Jonathan I'm 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 uh, I'm curious you know when we talk about the chat bots mm-hmm. and you know, chat GPT in particular because that's the one that everybody's talking about you know I use it every day in the work that I do mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. think it's fantastic we're talking about it in our schools now mm-hmm. our when our students are not using them because you know you, you have to be 18 so they can't create the accounts but it doesn't mean we don't talk about it because it doesn't yeah. mean they're not going to create an account because yeah. <laughs> they have already yeah, in course. fact, they created an account before I even knew ChatGPT <laughs> right existed. So yeah. we talk about it with our kids in terms of you know what is the right way to use it, how can I use it, and, to, and how good. can I leverage it. And mm-hmm. what's been really exciting, uh, you know, are, are the teachers and uh, just the their excitement and their curiosity in terms of you know how can good. I leverage this as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. In my you know in my the planning of my courses and the content that I'm that I'm giving out to the students and making interest interesting integrating different cultural elements etc yeah so the you know so we're talking about that with them and we're actually exploring mm-hmm. different ways that a classroom teacher can actually use you know mm-hmm. chat GPT yeah, for example excited, as a leverage yeah. so you know I'd curious to see what you think about all that
1: yeah I mean I, I kind of see there as being three three i guess ways of talk, talking about it in term, you know in terms of uh, education and this is me sort of putting on my my teacher hat yeah even though i haven't been uh like a I haven't been school based for quite a few years um i've tried very strongly to hang on to that viewpoint and you know much respect to you know you as well i mean you have a full-time role as a principal like um you know the, the teachers i work with in in schools um I've always tried to hang on to that idea of whatever I'm talking about, you know, can it actually be used in the classroom tomorrow? Um, is it, you know, is it is it classroom ready? You know, is it school proof? Like is exactly. this whole and that's for me, that's really, really important. So in terms of yeah, Chat GPT, there's probably, there's probably the three things. Uh one is how can it help you as a teacher yourself? Um, and that's uh, there's a lot of big ways, and I think that's why teachers are talking about it and, and really quite excited Is so that finally there actually is something that can save you real time,
0: Absolutely. whether
1: it's, you know, generating the first draft of, uh, you know, lesson plans and unit outlines or whether it's, um, you know, the rubrics that can generate, presentations, helping out with marking, etc. Like, so there's uh, really good reasons why, yep, that teachers should be excited, get their own accounts and, and start learning about it. Then there's the idea of okay, well, how can you as a teacher use it in the classroom with students?
0: Mm, yeah.
1: Um, and there's a lot to talk about there. Uh, the third one would be students using it themselves, and that's an area that I, yeah, like I don't think we're at really yet. I mean, apart from what you were talking about, definitely give them some insights and tips on on using it, etc. Because um, they're obviously using it anyway, and they're going to be using it as soon as they get out into the workforce. Um, exactly. But what you were talking about with yeah with age limits and um, you know it's still a bit unclear about how how our user data gets fed back into the system. It's a very tricky area.
0: That's right. So in terms
1: of students having their own accounts, I've you know I'd sort of when I'm doing PD with teachers, we just say so I'm just we're just not going to go there yet. Um, and education departments are still formulating policy, et cetera. But in those first two areas, teachers using it for themselves and teachers using it. Um, so I've had a lot of fun, you um, know, I'm not sure if you've heard of Hello History app. Um, so that's an AI, you know, chat bot where you can basically go, oh, I want to chat to this historical figure or, you know, so like really? almost whatever area you're studying uh, with students and, you know, being space, I've done Neil um, Armstrong. Yes. Um, so, you know, we don't get students to load that app themselves, but we put it up on the screen and we just have a, we have a fun class discussion, you know, um and let's firstly let's find out well what's it like going to the moon being in space the, mm-hmm. you know tell us about the real human you know the effects what it felt like etc um, but we have another challenge where the students need to try and um break the ai or catch it catch it out okay try, yes. And, yes. try and make it give us an error because it will at some point point. Yeah. Uh, and this is part of the educating as well um and we managed to get I think We managed to get um the Neil Armstrong bot to tell us that uh a day on the moon was 24 hours, um, but of course the moon you know it rotates pretty slowly, so the, the the days are much much longer. So that's we were same. like, Yes, that's right, <laughs> yeah, we, we got it, yeah, we, we got it, um, but yeah, that's the hello history app. But you know, any you know, at that early stage, and we think about design thinking, um, as I said, always using that as the, the framework, so you always start off with empathizing. Let's explore this new topic. Let's just, just spend some time playing around with, um, yeah, what does it feel like? What you know, if you, who are the humans in this scenario? Um, and so, having a chat with Neil Armstrong bot, you know, if if our topic is the moon and you know space and humans living and working in space, um, that plugs really well in there. And that's sort of my philosophy, uh, really. Mm. It's part of what I'm what I'm going to put into a book around design thinking that I'm working on with them. Um, is that idea of, ah, oh, yeah, we don't have to just stop what we're doing and now suddenly do only AI or we just we just keep doing what we're doing, which is we start off by exploring and empathizing um, and um, let's just plug that Hello History app in. You know, that, that fits into what I'm already doing. So I don't, it's one of the things I've learned about technology as well is, and again, the hard way um, is that, you know, the tech is not important. As much as I personally am an early adopter and I'll, Always love to grab the latest tech, and we need to, you know, we need teachers doing that. Absolutely. But I've had some really good mentoring, I guess, to the point where I feel like I can step outside of that and go, "No, hang on, I already have my learning goals um, and my learning process, and that never change. That never changes, or it does if it if it needs to, but um, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. Um, and then I choose the technology second. <laughs> Um, yeah so for me how a history it, it works brilliantly um, uh, for others you know there might be a different ai tool that can help you at that that sort of early yeah. introduction stage and we all do that we all introduce a new topic at some point um and that's that is one way that worked really well for me but there might be yeah other tools etc other people but for me again the important thing is that you're doing that exploring yeah, you're spending, you're spending that time to properly, uh, yeah, get your get your head around a new and, topic and let students explore that. And yeah. what a
0: great way to differentiate again, right? So you know to to, to shoot off, you know, or to, to 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 take off in that new unit to be able to do <laughs> that kind of an exercise where the kids, you know, the mm-hmm. students wouldn't even think of have it even imagine doing that. You know, I can mm-hmm. just imagine talking to a, a chatbot that's like near Armstrong, and you're actually. Yeah. Almost talked to him. I think that's just unbelievable. And (laughs) we certainly didn't think of those things back when, anyways. back when I was in high school, that's for sure. But Jonathan, you touched on your book, Design Thinking 5.0. So you're working on that. And um, I know you talked about it. It's a little bit of a mix of design thinking and, you know, things to come. So did you, did you want hmm. to talk to us about, about it a little bit more, you know, a little bit, what's, give us a little preview maybe. (laughs)
1: Yeah, definitely a preview of the thinking and you know what, what's going into the book. I haven't. It's one of these projects where I have no idea at this point, like when, how far it will get me? um yeah, And yeah. there's been a couple of times I'm like, yep, I've got it locked in. I know the chapter structure. But of course, eh, the more you you know, you think around things. But that that's all a fun part of the process. Um, but a lot of it actually goes back to. Um, but just sort of the years before Stempunk. So I was, you know, I was in a, actually in schools and then higher education. Um, and then I had this time where I built up something called the future. We community. Okay. Yeah. I was very future focused. And it came from, it actually came from a question of me going, you know, like we've done this technology stuff with education for quite a few years. And everyone would agree. Yep. That those technology skills are essential for the future for students, etc. Mm-hmm. But Became really obvious to me that there's a whole raft of more human skills out there as well that that are going to be more more and more um, important. Absolutely. So this was about five six years ago, I guess. Um, there were some really early type AI tools uh, around, but it was pretty obvious even then that um, most of our job, our labor, you know, what we do for work, these you know, in the last couple of hundred years, is what I would call mental labor, like we use our brains to make a living in okay. some way mm-hmm. there's still uh there's still a percentage of people that do physical labor yep. of course but once upon a time it was 99 percent of people did physical labor pretty much um, absolutely uh and then there was a transition to yeah our period where most people do some kind of mental brain you know that's our that's our work um and mass education uh was a big part of making that possible we can all pretty much read and write we can communicate work together you know on that that kind of level, and so boom, here's our here's our modern society, you know. Um, but once a lot of these tools can starting to now be able to do the mental and the brain type stuff. Yeah. Uh, again, not all of it, sure, but um, we're we're really we're really starting to see a bit of a change there, I think. Um, and for me, it's as big as that change from physical to mental level. And so then the question is, well, what are we? What are humans going to do? So the future we community was really founded around just figuring that out it was um yeah it turned out to be like a three-year project I guess and first of all wow. we just started engaging with teachers and and professionals people from different industry around the world we eventually yeah. had a community of about 500 people around the world okay. um just investigating and interrogating this kind of question we started off with well what are the skills like whether it's tools um mindsets frameworks what are they mm-hmm. um, we ended up compiling a list of about 50. That people sort of agreed on, uh, and it's nothing that you haven't already heard. You know, growth mindset, design thinking was it was one of the you know your basic design thinking. Um, but uh, all that, yeah, all those kind of mindsets, frameworks, um, you know, ideas, et etc. Um, sometimes they a lot of them are called soft skills. Yeah, you know, like more in the business world, I guess. Um, and yeah, empathy, all those kinds of things. So a list of about fifty. Uh, well, that's great, uh, but you know, it's not like you can go to someone and say. Do this. Do this. Fifty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um Exactly. So then, yeah. So then, the next period of work was around. Uh, I guess summarizing that, looking for the overlaps, uh, etc. And so we okay. managed to get that down to what we call twenty uh, future literacies, and also I guess put them into a bit of a flow. So we had four, 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 four. So the twenty was sort okay. of a, fl- okay. a flow of four. And then it sort of became, oh, okay. Now you can actually understand. So you could say to people, hey, start here. You know, here's the the first one was actually called called play. Okay. Uh, and that was just all around similar a little bit to design thinking of that empathize. But even even before that, before you even you know, for instance, in a school setting, before you even give out the assignment sheet, <laughs> you know, which is what we normally start with. Yeah, you're right. You, here's our topic. Uh, let's just have some open free play time. Just ex- just yeah. Just explore it, play it, play with that topic. So some students might discover this and bring it back and share it, and some this and that. And you build up a kind of I guess a general uh, intrinsic understanding of the topic. Um, and only then do you actually start to to move in through through the other phases. Um yeah, so the future, futurewe.org, um, our the whole website of the project is up there and people can see uh see where the project got up to in terms of those those 20 future literacies. Um and it was really yeah. foundational for me as well to, um, yeah, have that real big picture thinking, I guess, around how, we'll, not just, okay, well, yep, what are these, even beyond technology, what are these really sort of, and most of them were those real human type type skills. Um, okay. We also had, we, we don't have time to go through the whole thing, but, you know, the second of the fa- four phases was relate, and that's all about okay. people around you. Like, yeah. again, before you move into that, you know, the project description or the assessment sheet, who are the people that you're going to be working with, like teaming up with, um, and spend some time getting that together and getting that in place properly first. And then a lot of those human skills come, in, come into that relate category as well. Um, yeah, and then we went into thinking, the I guess, the third phase the community was going, okay, well, we want people to be able to assess themselves. Like, were they strong and weak? At, across that so we came up yeah. started, you know, with an, an assessment tool um yeah so out of that work um and then the three and a half years with uh stem punks i've had a chance to really i guess pra- put into practice a lot more mm-hmm. design thinking well everyone knows design thinking probably 1.0 uh it's your classic five or six step sort of process we start generally starts with empathize and you end up going through you know your prototype at some stage and then you'll iterate at the end, and it, obviously, obviously, it comes from that sort of design world, marketing, architecture, mm. um, and there's a fascinating. I mean, if you really want to look into design thinking, it's a, it's a fascinating part of the industrial revolution, actually. Um, I have, You're right. I put my hands. So I have a history teacher background as well. So um, <laughs> I, I love to look into the history of these things. But design thinking, you know, it's a very much: can we make creativity repeatable? Mm. And the Industrial Revolution did that for a lot of things, like we Mm. started producing things. So how do you take something that someone might have once hand-stitched and then produce the exact same thing? That's right. And so design thinking in a way is just a a framework that does a similar thing, but for creativity or designing things. And the Industrial Revolution was all about almost everything becoming (laughs) Becoming that, let's get a process, let's and in the scientific automation, right?
0: That's right, automated, and they exactly yeah. that's what it was all about. So it makes perfect
1: sense that we'd come up with design thinking um, at some point. But for me, there's been that obviously that classic early one, but which you might call design thinking 1.0, but there's been you know, it's expanded into other industries. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some extra elements that you can add into it, um, and for me, especially from that work with Future We, um, that idea of even before empathize, which is normally the first stage of design thinking, even before that having an open play period for me mm. is really, really important. So part of what I'll write about is you know why and how you can add a, a section at the start of design thinking. And there's okay. also, um, yeah, and there's, so there's some other elements like that to add in to really enrich it, um, make make design thinking even better and um of course the response to yeah moving into that ai era um is going to change uh the, the you know the design thinking process itself a little bit as well so yeah, yeah i mean that, well
0: that's exciting you know? Yeah. yeah i
1: think it's my count that I'm at from yeah updating it adding the yep. se- separate sections yet we get up to uh version 5 so that's, sort that's of awesome. A- the framework, I'm writing I'm
0: that around, yeah. I think it's really interesting, especially with, you know, what's come, it, it's changing so fast and, and to be able to, you know, we, we want to stick to some basics that are like, when we talk about design thinking, you know, those, those important basic processes, right. That we need to have. And like Mm -hmm. you said, it's to build on that. Now we've got AI coming, right. So the, or the industrial revolution, you know, we had the steam engine that came in and then we had (laughs) the assembly lines that came in and then we had, you know, the microchip that came in and then, you know, and now we're seeing AI. So how can Mm -hmm. we take that? And, you know, how could that, in which way can it be a part of, of that important process, which is design thinking and to be able to give that to our students. Wow. Because Hmm. that's what they're going to be talking about. You know, our kids that are starting and starting in in JK and, and kindergarten and grade one, you know, and they're in grade one, well, they're going to be talking about that kind of stuff. You know, who knows what it's, what's going to be out there by then. So
1: I think it's going to be amazing for them. I mean, imagine starting school and then all the way through school, having an AI mentor, or an AI you it's know it's crazy to think about that it exactly. follows you all the way through school and knows all of the previous things you've learned and worked on and can advise you and like
0: it's almost it like wouldn't. having a, a coach right beside you yeah. the whole way yeah. you know and it's actually your your AI so i think that's i you know yeah. i wasn't even thinking yeah. about stuff like this a year no. ago because i just i yeah, just okay. you know i just discovered uh, chat gpt you know less than a year ago so mm-hmm. and i just mm-hmm. i can't believe you know like last year at this time i wasn't even thinking about it i wasn't using it i wasn't it's it's mind-blowing and it's and it's and it's and it's life-changing right and we're seeing it that's going fast and everybody's talking about it so i think it's great that you're that you're talking about that you're going to be doing book to put those things together
1: yeah but if i can say anything about that and having seen quite a few now waves of technology yeah um, where it's like, oh, okay, we've got to learn this, and oh, how are we going to integrate this? Um, and the SAMR model, S A M R, is yeah. I'm still a huge fan of, of, of using that. But essentially, and I don't care if it's design thinking or like the sort of expanded version of design thinking that I'm using, whatever it is, you, you, if you've got that framework, um, then it doesn't worry me anyway. <laughs> like, whatever new technology comes along. Um, I'm just like, oh, okay, well, I know this works. It's, 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 uh, helping engage students. It's human, you know, that's um, right. I just have to plug that new thing. In. Like, then it just becomes a matter
0: of where to, where do I plug it in? I've already got
1: my sound for, you know, my pedagogy. My, that's right.
0: You've got the, you, you've got the human connections, the relationships, you know, that's your, that's your base. That's yeah. most the most important thing. Now, when this comes in this chat bot, well, how can mm-hmm. I leverage it? you know, yeah. all, all while maintaining those important, uh, that's right. you know, those important base elements. Yeah. That's, oh, I yeah, think that's great. That's definitely, the, definitely the way I would encourage doing that. Mm. That's awesome. We're well, looking forward for, you know, for, for the publication of, of your book and I'm, I'm definitely going to get my hands on that. I'm really interested, you know, to, to sense. learn, you know, what you're thinking and how you're seeing, putting those things together. So. Yeah. Cool. Jonathan, Good. a little while ago, we talked about, uh, you know, uh, the importance of sort of like the importance of surrounding ourselves with the right people. We talked about, you know, Codebreaker, mm-hmm. X factor yeah, and mammoth things. learning, of course. So we know that's a, a community that's been building, you know, and it's got quite a bit of momentum. So I'm just curious, Jonathan, you know, uh, what has been the impact of those communities and the fact that you're surrounding yourself with, you know, that kind of, that kind of community kind of an impact has it had on, mm-hmm. on you?
1: Mm. um well i guess my little yeah we were talking about earlier about you you naturally you're seeking out those other adventurous educators and you know um, people that who can support you but also that you can learn you know you can learn from them um, and you, you can support them as well um and it's not always i mean we often have the best intentions of doing that um but sometimes those communities just last for a while and then People get busy, or you know, or whatever. Um, but yeah, so you know, with, with Brian Aspinall, you know, he obviously started the Codebreaker publishing first, uh, and then Matt with um, X Factor, and now Brett is here in Australia with um, the the right. side of things. Like the those guys just have a there's a value of uh, we just want to put teacher voices out there. You know, it's not it's never going to be a big money making you know from book sales etc. Feature, but the first thing is that. There's plenty of amazing teacher voices out there that don't get don't get you know any exposure. That's right. That's right. Um, And so, you know, I put my hand up really early on. <laughs> um, you know, I I had known Brian and Matt just again from seeking out you know like minded people. I'd known That's those right. guys online. Brett, I know really well from here in, here in Australia. So yeah. I was definitely going to put my hand up. But the biggest I guess attraction for me is that idea of yeah connecting with other uh, passionate educate like if you're if you're willing to put up your hand and say yep i'm going to write a book and put it out there then for me that's like yep i'd, yeah, I'd love to love to be connected with you exactly uh, so you know it's like it's like uh having a podcast series is an excuse to chat with people it's like let's publish books and, and have a, an, an exactly. author's network uh it's kind of an excuse to yeah you know connect with other educators so that's probably yeah, my favorite thing about it um mm. Is, or educators
0: you know, by educators, right? So yeah, basically. I love that. I love that. That's great. So listen, Jonathan, it's been a fantastic conversation. I've got one last so question me. for you. Oh, okay. One more. So for the people that are listening to us uh, today, Jonathan, if you had one wish for the, for the people listening, what would that wish be? <laughs> We're talking about teachers and educators? Te- let's yeah. say teachers, ed- educators, or any other person that could be listening
1: to this episode. Mm. Um, I'd say for me it's just being uh, being given the space to be that little bit you know adventurous I guess um mm-hmm. you know, I still know what it's like how busy the classroom is and all the demands etc that are that are on you um and i mean it's like it's can be almost impossible to actually find that time just to try that different lesson or, or yeah. do that different that different thing so yeah if it could be if it could be anything it would be to yeah give people that space to to be that little bit more adventurous i don't know there may be different ways of doing that in different yeah. education systems yeah. but overall that'd be the 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 most valuable thing i think
0: mm. that's awesome that's awesome jonathan so listen uh, for the people listening to us or watching on youtube We're going to have uh, Jonathan's information uh, over at the website. So you just need to head on down to inspireleadership.ca. In the podcast section, we will have uh, some information there in the show notes. So Jonathan, it's been absolutely amazing. My very first international podcast guest. I love it. Down in Brisbane, Queensland, Australia. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. It's Saturday morning where you are here it's still friday evening it's yeah, almost it's, evening. it's almost don't eight o'clock en- p.m yeah don't enjoy it now yeah, yeah. I, I will i will so I, I appreciate you taking the time and coming to talk with me it's been it's been great meeting with you and i'm looking forward to you know the future projects or future conversations yeah. that we're going to have you know yeah. within w- within those communities that we're a part of great
1: well thanks so much mate from um, from my end and yeah i'd love to chat again in the future awesome. thanks, thanks thank, you.
0: thank you take care Hi there, it's Joël. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast and that you were able to find many useful takeaways. Adding value to others is one of the most important actions a leader can take, so please share this episode with your friends and colleagues and on social media. Let's reach out to as many people as we can. Would you like to connect with me? Just head over to my website at inspireleadership.ca and you'll find all the links for social media as well as my email address. I hope that this episode has sparked new ideas and perspectives and that it will inspire further curiosity and exploration in the days and weeks ahead. Take care of yourself and we'll see you on the next episode.